This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, he's relaxed this morning. He's kicked back reading his newspaper as we come on the air. Well, you know what I'm reading? I'm, I like to hear about good things in Old South. Uh, one of our uh, great, uh, I guess they build houses and everything else, you might say. They do so much for the community. And I was just looking, they gave away a million dollars to organizations that are needed or, or they give back to the community. And I was looking here in, in the Discover Center, which is one of your uh, and Mentoriette's favorite places, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Rutherford County, uh, Rutherford County uh, Area Habitat for Humanity, um, Journeys in Community Living. Um, let's see what else we got here. The American Red Cross. All of these are local organizations and and special kids, which is a, a very special. Um, give back to the community for little special kids that need a little bit more help than others. And we're just so blessed to have those type organizations here in Rutherford County. And of course, uh, everybody knows John Floyd. He's the president uh, of the uh, uh, organization there. And uh, uh, some of the people, I was sitting over at Sylvan Park this morning, Greg Tucker, uh, if if you didn't catch his voice there, you can't miss it. It's got that kind of a Yankee twang to it. <laughs> so, but uh, I I just it, it was just um, you and I get, we get along good for two people that are. Um, what do we have in common? Do we have anything in common? Well, let's back up. You remind me, the Rutherford County Historic Society has yeah. benefited from the generosity of some of our leading yeah. people. The uh, Adams Foundation, which is a foundation set up by the Adams family, yes. mm -hmm. has made probably the largest single contribution that uh, the Historic Society gets. And apparently we've gotten on their annual list of uh, donations, mm -hmm. and uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, the Historic Society is not trying to make money or make profit, but we do have overhead, and uh, a contribution helps a lot on that. You have an overhead there? Yeah, we got a building, and uh, I put them into the building, 
and uh, up until that time there were really no fixed expenses yeah. for the organization but once we had our office building and meeting area and all then we had to start uh, taking care of some utilities repair such as that you guys are kind of in that little roundabout and uh, I, I used to drive by it all the time but I mean since they've uh, finished the roundabout over there well, and, and most of the time I drive by it and I never would even notice that it was there oh it's a distinctive looking building in, in the neighborhood and yeah I'll remember the address here soon uh this coming Saturday, there's always uh, coffee and conversation at the mm-hmm. offices there. Uh, but following that, they've uh, begun a tradition of lunching some of them together that have been at the uh, Saturday morning. And then uh, going into something of some historic interest. And this next week, this coming Saturday, the uh, after activity will be in Smyrna mm-hmm. and go visit one of the local Smyrna restaurants and then uh, check some of the historic properties and such in the Smyrna area and uh, everyone's invited to the morning 9 to 12 uh, coffee and conversation and then anyone uh, who's interested can go with the group uh, for lunch after mm-hmm. that down in Smyrna uh, in case one of our listeners doesn't know the uh, Headquarters for the Rutherford County Historic Society, watch this, 717 North Academy. I make an issue of that because uh, several of them pointed out I didn't seem to know where where we are or what the address is. It's 717 North Academy, uh, about seven blocks from uh, East Main, north of East Main. And uh, on Saturday mornings there's a sign out that says we're open, come on in. But it doesn't say what it is. Oh, the, it's on the top of the sign that says Rutherford County Historic Society. Mm-hmm. If you'll drive down Academy, you can't miss it on the left. Actually, Just, I have driven down Academy, yeah. and I have missed it. Well, you could. Others wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and right now, it's almost at the end of the street because the housing authority is demolishing everything, mm-hmm. which is at the end of the street there. And uh, we're watching with interest to see what's going to rise from the ashes down there, but I imagine it'll be an improvement over uh, the 70-year-old buildings that were there, 60-year-old buildings that were there. Well, uh, we went to uh, Kittrell Saturday. Yeah. And ha- had some uh, great food there, the yeah, Kittrell yeah. ham breakfast. And it's always great socializing mm-hmm. yes, to it the is. people that are there. We, we sat with a couple of politicians, and uh, they didn't ruin the day at all. Uh, Why would you think they would just because they're politicians? Uh, gee, I guess it's close relationship with a former politician has kind of made me a little bit sensitive. About that will that. make you uneasy. <laughs> but it, but it, we had fun uh, Saturday. We really did. We drove back up through the old country roads around Readable and Kittrell. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then... Uh, you know, I thought the coffee was, was really, really good Saturday, but I uh, went over to your house, and, and your sweet wife fixed me some tea that, that she had uh, percolated, and it was absolutely out of this world. Well, you get a touch of raw honey from 
some of our hives and a little bit of citrus juice of some kind. Yeah. Lemon or lime. And yeah, that that is good. Before we get off uh, history, let me uh, speak out to a close friend and a fellow historian, Marty Luffman. Mm. Marty, uh, uh, he's he's my Smyrna counterpart. I look to him to keep us up on the, what we learn about history there in Smyrna. He's he's very good at anecdotes too, uh, beyond the recorded history. Uh, but Marty uh, had some bad luck uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, was involved in a car accident and is uh, recuperating, but uh, it didn't go very well for him. Mm. Uh, it wasn't his fault, so there's some insurance on the other side that's, uh, I'm sure, helping. But Marty, if you're listening, uh, get get yourself back together and uh, we'll bring you back on the air and you can... Yeah. Give us the details. But, yeah, uh, bless your heart. Yeah, uh, and I believe he's had somebody, he's retained someone to stay with him, work with him until he's able to get back on his feet. It's been, a, been at least two weeks, maybe three weeks now since the accident. And that's not, a, that was up in the Nashville area, wasn't it? Uh, close to uh, Nolensville, Triune, up in that area, I think. Whether he was on 840 or, or 41A, I yeah. know, 31, whatever it is up there, I'm not sure. But uh, well, take he, care, Marty. He's used to dangerous driving, but usually it's on the back of a horse instead of in the car. Only guy I know who was uh, traveled around the country with a, with his horse and his pistol. Uh, what is his marksmanship from a moving animal or something? Yeah. He 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 is an amazing uh, uh, artist w- with the weapon. He he's amazing with that. He can hit things that nobody else can. But I think he cheats a little bit. I think he uses those snake shots instead of a bullet. Snake shot. Yeah. It uh, it, it it's kind of like a small shotgun oh. once you shoot it out of your pistol. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Easy hit. Well, another sad. Oh, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead with that. Well, another sad note is we lost a piece of history, local history, a significant piece. Yeah. Ebby uh, Miller, yeah. Ed Miller Jr. Ebby, my my friend. <clears throat> and Ebby uh, was up in his 90s, had a good life. In fact, he had outlived his two brothers, who were both younger. Uh, every book I've done has had some stories relying on the Millers. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first book, I even got the three boys to meet me at the big sycamore tree up on the courthouse square because their great-great-great-grandfather put it there. And uh, it's perhaps the biggest tree within the city now. And uh, they got interested, and they got a picture of them measuring the circumference of the courthouse sycamore. So back in about 2010, it was 16-plus feet circumference. Mm-hmm. It's probably even bigger now. Uh, and uh, the stories go on and on. In fact, I still have on my uh, telephone recorder a message. Uh, in fact, it's number one if you uh, turn on the recorder. Evie uh, calling uh, to tell me he listened to us on the radio and we were talking about uh, Baden Dubois, Du Bois. Mm-hmm. And uh, his message was, Hey, Greg. And he always starts. And then he told me about serving on the jury 
that oh, wow. convicted Du Bois, and uh, I've kept it because I thought, <clears throat> you know, that's, it's fun to turn the thing on and hear his voice. His vo- uh, he had some difficulty uh, speaking because of surgery and all he had had on his face, but uh, very distinctive. And uh, we lost not only a good source for those of us who are writing and trying to keep it recorded, but uh, he is hist- he was history itself. The yeah. things he did and was part of, and of course his father, a nickname Pluck made substantial contribution to the community. Uh, one thing I remember is uh, Pluck uh, founded with a partner uh, the bus system that existed, the intercity bus system, mm-hmm. Nashville, Murfreesboro, Chattanooga. Uh, and uh, we wrote about that, relying completely on the uh, documentation that Abby was able to find and give to us. So. Uh, I miss him, but I get to listen to him every time I turn on the the messaging system on the telephone. Yeah, you would see uh, Abby and his wife Betty uh, all over the county, going to all kinds of events. He'd never let anything slow him down, which was amazing. Well, you uh, contributed to the uh, the resources recently. You'd been carrying around in your trunk. A number of volumes, books, and uh, if I remember right, I asked you who gave them to you, and you didn't know or didn't remember. I did know, and I forgot. <laughs> well, anything that's been over a week, you might as well say <laughs> it's, it's gone forever. Well, we got them out of your trunk, yeah. and part of them I'm going to deliver this afternoon over to the Historic Society, which is uh, some annuals. And in fact, you and I had to spend a little time flipping through, looking at names to yeah. figure out that apparently the high school annuals, and there's a good half dozen of them dating back into late 40s, early 50s, mm-hmm. uh, are Las Casas. Yeah. And uh, then I think there's one or two uh, Midlander from what's now MTSU, again, back in the late 40s. Oh, no, early 40s. And uh, some from the 50s and 60s, I think. Uh and uh, we'll keep them over at the Historic Society long enough for the the regulars to flip through them and discover what we can. And then probably we'll pass them on to the library because the library keeps collections of, of yeah. documents like that. Two of them, though, caught my eye in particular. There was a 1942 uh, from the college mm-hmm. and a 1943 from the college. The lucky significance is... It was in that period that the college changed its name. It went to the third name that it's been been under. So 1942 is under one name, Mm -hmm. 1943 is on the other. And then also I had some other documents that show the the confusion there before the name really settled in. Uh, In 1910, 1912, when it was founded, it was, of course, a two-year institution mm-hmm. and was called a normal and was the middle Tennessee normal. The legislature had funded East Tennessee, West Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee State normal to train teachers, two-year programs. In the late 20s, the normal school here in Murfreesboro became a four-year institution 
and the name was changed. And there's a lot of confusion if you look at uh, literature about the school. The name, the formal name, was became the State Teachers College, comma Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. frequently written Murfreesboro State Teachers College, and then incorrectly. Every once in a while, you'll see a publication or something that says Middle Tennessee State Teachers College. But the name was State Teachers College, and the the letters were STC. And you look at the football uniforms, they're STC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was STC officially up through the graduation in 1942. Now, they had a... Uh, referendum on campus, the current student body back in 1942, to change, to come up with a new name. I have no idea what the motive was. I know my father uh, played football for STC, mm-hmm. and uh, that was his last year there before going into the military. Uh, but they, they had a uh, campaign on campus to select a new name. And uh, one of the proposals was Middle Tennessee State College. Another proposal, which was very close in popularity, was to call it uh, Forest College. Name it for Nathan Bedford Forest, which at that time was kind of the mascot emblem of the school. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach uh, Midget and uh, probably uh, Q, uh, QM, the uh, president, certainly the coach, because he wrote several times favoring the name Forest College, but eventually they took a vote, and the name that was selected by this student referendum was Middle Tennessee State College, and they, the students, the annuals, and the the newspaper on the campus immediately began using Middle Tennessee State College. The confusion was... It's a state institution. The legislature controlled the naming and a lot of other aspects of of it. And I have one where a student editorial says, it's a good name. We like the name. We're going to use the name and kind of challenge the uh, legislature to do anything different. Mm -hmm. The legislature did in time accept the name. And uh, by the before the end of the war, it was technically Middle Tennessee State College. Uh, but I found a what illustrates the confusion there for a while. I found a Middle Tennessee State College newspaper, the sidelines from mm-hmm. October 1944, and at the top of the paper, it uses the name Middle Tennessee State College. But on the front page, there's an article about President Q. M. Smith being appointed uh, to head the Navy Day celebration observation during the war. And there it uh, identifies him as President Q.M. Smith of the Murfreesboro State Teachers College. So on the front page of the student-run newspaper, they had both names still being used. Uh, But it's clear from the annuals it was in your collection the 42 and 43, uh, that that's the point of change because the graduating class in 43 is identified as the 1943 Middle Tennessee State College graduating class. Uh, and that's from the sideline? Yeah. That article? The article is in the sidelines where they're still 
using both names uh, at the time. Well, I'm glad to see that not many things change over the years. Well, it would have been interesting if they had named it Forest College. I wonder what would be going on. No, I don't. No, you don't want to even get into that. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just as well. Although, uh, if you go into the 1950s, uh, the annuals all have an illustration of Forrest, General Forrest, mm -hmm. and the uh, text usually says something to the effect, we look to the courage of the commitment, the skill, you know, as the model uh, for, the, for the college. You know, I still remember when they were having the protest uh, over the ROTC building. And you, and you, were, you got up and you, you made uh, quite a profound statement and about the history of uh, what went on with Forrest. And, and um, it was, um, if you remember, it was totally different than what some of the professors were saying at MTSU. Uh, the whole history was just as was about as far away as you can get from the accuracy, and I know how hard that you had worked um, on the history of Rutherford County, and it it just seems um, I had um, um, Bill Spurlock on the other day, and I think uh, uh, even he uh, feels uncomfortable with the way that the universities are uh, giving history lessons to, to the young people that's not even close to being accurate. And I think that was, I, I saw a lot of that when you were up there that day and, and, uh, and I was very disappointed. And you think right here in Rutherford County, they would be a little bit more accurate about the things that happened in our particular area, and uh, no wonder people are up in arms in a lot of places that uh, they they there's no way that they can understand the history if it's being taught in some of our uh, universities. Well, when you're trying to use what you allege to be history to defend or accomplish or to uh, defeat something currently. The real history is apparently not significant. It's what they want it to be in order yeah. to serve their current current interests. So, and uh, you know, as I've said several times on the air, uh, when someone is committed to a belief, uh, I don't want to use up a lot of time and energy trying to argue it because no argument will be heard. Yeah. No facts are pertinent. You know, this is the way. We, yeah, we're going to do it. You see, sometimes I see something about uh, everyone's entitled to their own history or something like that. Uh, yeah, but the history is what it is. It's yeah. not what you want it to be necessarily. But I uh, see we were talking last week about a, uh, in, to me, an interesting little bit of local history. Uh, I had tracked down the, uh, there's a pretty, Italianate, I think, is the, the word for it. Uh, house on the corner of Highland, South Highland, and uh, that would be East Vine, uh, which I have been curious about. In fact, I actually made a picture of a couple of months ago because the style of it is very close to the original style of Oakland's. 
and I know the family that moved to East Main and uh, Highland, the corner there, the mm-hmm. one with the big lions in front of it, yeah. uh, moved from uh, what they called Oak Manor uh, to that corner. And this is the corner right next block down uh, because it was Dr. J.B. Murphy, which was the... Uh, he was the Confederate uh, Surgeon General Assistant, Associate Surgeon General during the Confederate, mm-hmm. uh, the Confederacy for the Confederacy. Um, but then, again, without any intent, I stumbled on a reference to Dr. Murphy's, uh, actually it would be his son, uh, the great-grandson of Hardy Murphy, I guess I'm getting that right. And uh, interesting that uh, the source connects Bobby Modrell, your freshman football coach, my cousin, my father's first cousin, and Dr. Murphy, uh, the one current at the time. And what it was... Let's take a quick break. All right. Okay. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. This is Lisa Halliburton at Bell Jewelers. Bell Jewelers is proud to celebrate over 142 years in business. We're the oldest retail store in Rutherford County. So if you're celebrating an anniversary or a special birthday, we'd love to help you. We have wish lists so you can come in and make a wish list and then your family or friends can come in and select from your wish list. Bell Jewelers, 821 Northwest Broad Street across from Toots. Hi guys, this is Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. During these uncertain times, like you, I'm focused on keeping my family and myself safe and healthy. While many areas of our lives have been put on hold, health emergencies are still taking place. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7 and have strict safety precautions in place. I'm sharing this message with all of my Middle Tennessee neighbors. Don't wait to seek treatment for an emergency. Go straight to the ER. What's the best kept secret in Murfreesboro? Well, it's Steered Straight Thrift Store a nonprofit company where every purchase has a purpose to help fight addiction and suicide and educate our youth, parents, and the community on the dangers of drugs. Come see us at 845 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, Sunday on 12 to 5. Our phone number is 615-396-8987. God bless. Friends, I've got some great news for you from Discount Mattress. They're moving, and to reduce cost, all remaining inventory is priced to go. You can save even more on their already discounted prices. They're located at 1614 Northwest Broad Street near the Georgetown Kroger. Discount Mattress has been serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001, is locally owned and operated, and is excited to offer these reduced prices prior to their move. Stop in today at the corner of Northwest Broad and Northfield to take advantage of the moving sale prices. 
In retirement, it's all about income, your money, making money, and you're not spending down your principal. That's the way we do it at Retirement Income Solutions. So if you're spending down your principal or your money's not making money, keeping you ahead of inflation, check us out today at risolutions.net, risolutions.net. And make sure to join us Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoons at 1 for Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. A pickup crashed early Sunday morning on Highway 70 near Dowelltown and Highway 96, not far from Rutherford County. The truck spun out, jumped the guardrail, and landed in a ditch perpendicular to the roadway. No other vehicles were involved. 36-year-old Matthew Sullivan from Smithville seriously hurts, airlifted to TriStar Skyline Medical Center in Madison. For one week, the Rutherford County Library System will let you bring in canned goods to pay off any library fines. During National Library Week, April 5th through the 10th, every batch of the Rutherford County Library System will be collecting food donations. All donations will go to the Nourish Rutherford County Food Bank. Experts on the wide variety of careers available in the criminal justice field will explain their jobs for students in a casual get-together at MTSU. The annual Department of Criminal Justice Networking and Information Exchange is scheduled from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. this Wednesday in the Academic Classroom Building on campus. Event registration and sign-in are required. Weather permitting, the registration table will be located outside the ACB south entrance near the Student Union facing the parking lot. There is one less option to place online sports bets in Tennessee. The Tennessee Lottery has suspended the sports betting license of Action 24-7 and says its license will remain suspended until lottery staff receive sufficient verification that minimum internal control standards are in place to prevent potential illegal activity. Action 24 says its license was suspended due to suspicious player deposit activity. They say that activity was detected quickly and they suspended the accounts involved. Follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon, high in the low 70s. Southeast winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, increasing clouds, alone near 53. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 48. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. 
It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Greg Tucker. And I'm sorry I interrupted your conversation. Well, I was I was making a uh, an interesting connection between cousin Bobby Modrell mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. James. Let's be sure I get which one is James Brickle. No, Matthias Brickle Murphy, doctor, born 1881. So mm-hmm. he is the son of the Confederate uh, veteran doctor. Uh, and what I found was a letter addressed to my father, uh, who was in Jacksonville, Florida, in January 1943, uh, training as an as a, uh, aviation cadet. And it's a letter from his mother to him, dated Saturday, January 30th. And she's reporting on the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so in 1943, Bobby was... Uh, still single digits, I think, in terms of his age. But she's reporting on the family, and she says, Bobby has the measles. He broke out with it Wednesday and is getting along just fine. He keeps his watch on the table by his bed and said it hasn't stopped running since he has had it. Now, Bobby, if you're listening, I, I want you to tell me about your watch. It sounds to me like it might have been your first watch. Uh, and the next paragraph says... I guess you've gotten your newspaper telling about Dr. Murphy getting killed. It is a sad and pitiful thing. I don't know what we will do for a surgeon now, as he was the last one in Murfreesboro at the time. Uh, now, be, what year was that again? Yeah. Uh, to be sure, I went back and checked. The letter is dated January 30th, 1943. Mm-hmm. And his... Uh, Information on his tombstone says that he, uh, his life ended on January 27, 1943. Yeah. So the letter is written just three days after he apparently, according to the letter, was killed. Now I'm assuming it was an accident, and it may have been a car accident. They were much more frequent back then than we we remember. Yeah. Car accidents and car deaths. Uh, but he was he's. His tombstone identifies him as born 1881, died January 27th, 1943, son of Dr. James Brickle uh, Murphy and his wife Ada. Uh, so interesting connection, uh, which I'm making more of than, than it really was. But uh, she goes on to report that she, my grandmother, Bobby's uh, great aunt, Bobby's aunt. I am going over and read to Bobby a while this afternoon, for he has several new funny books. So Bobby. <laughs> so she's look, going to read funny books to Yeah, so Bobby, uh, I want to know what kind of funny books you were reading in 1943, or had my grandmother reading to you. I can just imagine. Bobby Modrell was one of those characters. You, you couldn't help is, but love him. I mean, he, he is was, one. Is one. He's still yeah, with us. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure he's still with us? I've tried to get him on the show for about 10 years, and I still haven't made it. Well, why don't you consider doing a remote? We can go out to Hogwood Road and do a remote out there at his place. 
would it work out there at Hogwood Road? It doesn't work half the time here. I don't know if it works yeah. anywhere out there. I don't even remember what Bobby Modrow looks like or used to look like. Bless his heart. Well, I don't know how far back you're going for you. You were you were with him uh, as a, in a coach relationship, what, in the 50s? Yeah, in the 50s. Well, I suspect 70 years ago he looked different from what he looks like now. You know, he was one of those boys that everybody liked him. You don't often see that in school anymore. But uh, he was a great coach. He could have been a long-time coach if he had wanted to. Well, he was a teacher as well. Yeah. And uh, I hope he is still doing a little bit of teaching. I know he's got a grandson he's close to. Uh, but I remember one of our local uh, politician representatives one time commented unsolicited, didn't realize I was related at the time, but he says, I learned more from Bobby Modrell than any other teacher because he taught me to read the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And we had to read the newspaper every morning in whatever class this was and uh, discuss what's going on in the in the news. So you're talking about reading a local newspaper? Yeah, the, the newspaper. Well, yeah, but that is, it, that's like reading a novel that's fiction. You, you, you got to find something. You're confusing today with the past. There was a time when... <laughs> It was a time when the daily paper in Murfreesboro was uh, quite informative. Yeah. And, and you uh, know, what I miss, the part I miss as far as the old-time papers is that it, it was like a uh, uh, reading a gossip magazine because you got to know what was going on in the community with, with almost every family there. That's true, uh, and you don't see that now, but, uh, you know, it would report that in Donald's Chapel, so-and-so entertained uh, people from Nashville for a visit or a dinner, you know, yeah. and uh, I suspect those uh, columns from each of the different uh, communities around the county with probably the high read parts of the newspaper. Yeah. You know, see what's going on in your own neighborhood. You know what I really miss is the only way to really catch up with what's going on in your neighborhood back in the old days was you had the phones and you had the little touch where you can listen to all your neighbors when they would be talking and gossiping on, on, on the telephone. I don't remember doing that. You must have been uh, a different yeah. inclination. I didn't, no, know you you do, I didn't know you could do that. You lived in Washington later on. I mean, well, you, later were, on, you were in the gossip capital of the world. Uh, but, but I don't remember a button on the phone. Oh, I, yes. I remember the party line, so. Yeah, but you they had, had the party lines, but you had a button to push, no. and they would not know that you were listening. No, you found something I didn't know existed. Well, if, if there's anybody listening, somebody call in <laughs> and support me on that, because I can remember, it's true. I can remember having to learn your own ring, because yeah, but you had be a so party many, line yeah. with four or five on it, and there would be a different ring for each one. And... Uh, uh, that, that was how you developed your math skills, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> you may have been on the DeKalb telephone system. It was a little different. Actually, I was not. In uh, DTC, they're still out there. I, I I was on their system when we had that farm at uh, Readable. That's what I was thinking. Kittrell, I think 
was at the yeah. edge of the DTC. And I used to know the name of the operator in, in Readable uh, who would connect us. Isn't it amazing? You you think about how many things change, but nothing has changed as much as the communication system. Oh yeah, the telephone. There's no if there's any if if there is any real person out there, I don't I don't know how in the world you find them. Yeah. If you had a major company, would you have a robot system set up so that real people would not be involved in the conversation? Well, uh, some of them are real people. I remember watching uh, Ray Stevens. If you don't watch Ray Stevens at 6.30 on uh, NPR, you're really missing something. I didn't know Ray Stevens was still alive. Oh, he's in his 80s, and he's still still performing. But anyway, he had on a couple of fellows, and uh, they were, uh, I'm sure, well-known duo singing and uh, one of them was very obviously ethnic and the other fellow says well, one of the things that has been uh, given me the most pleasure is being able to perform with a real American Indian hmm. and the other fellow acknowledged that he was full-blooded uh, whatever he was, Cherokee I think mm -hmm. and uh, he said but but I'm not really an Indian that's because when Christopher Columbus made his first voyage he got lost and thought he had gone all the way to India so he described the, the indigenous people there as Indians uh, and uh, so you know I, I may be a Native American but I'm not an Indian and then he said if you'd like to talk to a real Indian call AT&T Oh, I was wondering where that was going. We've got a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard with Greg Tucker. Hey, Greg. How y'all doing all right this morning? I don't know. What does it sound like? That sounds like a sandling. Yeah. It is. I went to call <laughs> in and back up Truman on that uh, party line thing. I remember my grandmother, she had a six-way party line. And uh, every now and then... For kicks, I think, grandmother would pick up that phone real easy, and they would you'd hear somebody else having her conversation or whatever. But if there was a an emergency, you picked up the phone, you'd say, hey, we've, we've got a call for an emergency. You've got to get an, an ambulance or whatever. Uh, everybody would hang up and was very, you know, workable as far as... Uh, but was there, you know, off the line. was there a mute button where she could uh, cut out any sound from her end and just listen to the others? That's what Truman's claiming. Well, I remember what no, we, I remember what you're we, describing as we just being the fancy. party line. Yeah, we weren't that fancy. You just you picked up the phone if somebody was on it. Sometimes they would hear you pick up the phone, or sometimes they wouldn't. You know, so. And you had to hold your breath so you didn't give away your listening. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, I remembered remember. it would ring. It would ring quick little uh, rings for your phone, somebody else's phone. If it was ringing, then it would just be a like a little stutter ring or something. You might be uh, a ring, ring, ring. You know, real quick or something. It's kind of hard to explain, but you would have your own 
ring that would be for you. Otherwise, somebody else would pick up. And somewhere in the neighborhood was a young woman sitting at a console plugging in who was who was getting the call. Switchboard. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, I'm going to run. I just thought I'd give you a call and put my two cents in on that party line thing. Are you down at the courthouse this morning? Actually, I'm running over to another department to do some stuff over there. We're right in the middle of budget, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Y'all have a great day. Love your show, and y'all uh, enjoyed seeing y'all at the ham breakfast Saturday. So Always, always good. good. That's right. Thank you, Steve. Y'all be careful. Take care. Well, you're trying to evade it, but he was on my side. The mute button didn't exist. Yes, it did. You just had to hold your breath. <laughs> There's got to be somebody out there that remembers that. <laughs> well, it's, it's just possible there was more sophisticated, upgraded equipment that most of us didn't have. Yeah. I think she was just pinching the line and convincing you there was a button. Actually, I remember the button very well because my mama, she wasn't above, you know, trying to listen to the conversations that were going on in the neighborhood. Did the phone hang on the wall? No. Well, see. No, no, it, it would sit down like the old European phones. European phone? Yeah. Boy, you did grow up in a different environment. No, we, you had a European, we, we, we were poor as a, church mice. Your grandmother had a European phone with a mute button. Actually, it's what I have seen on television in the 1940s uh, yeah. and stuff like that <clears throat> in Europe. See, I, I'm, I'm not as well-traveled as you are. I've never seen a European phone with a button, <laughs> mute button. <laughs> I said it looked like one, but we did have a button. Oh, was it just painted on the phone? Hey, uh, I have turned you in to the animal cruelty people. You kicked a you kicked a rabbit right, right there off of your uh, driveway the other day. I knew you I kicked a, a rabbit. I knew I shouldn't have confessed. Yeah, but it was unknowing that the rabbit was there. A little bitty. Probably you know a few weeks old, not smart enough to get out of my way. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a leaf or something. Did give it a little nudge, and boy, he took off. Bless his heart. Yeah. And uh, I was out in the dark, tending to the dogs. And the dogs that were, I have heard, I don't know that the young ones like that don't yet have a scent. Mm-hmm. So you know they they tend to freeze, not move as a defensive measure, which obviously, if they had a scent, wouldn't do them any good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he was doing, uh, because I'm out messing with the dogs. In uh, any event, it's it's rabbit season again. Not, that, that, not, that's what Elmer Fudd said, yeah, it's rabbit season. Not hunting season, <laughs> but uh, what would you say? Uh, new rabbit season. Yeah. Breeding season. Now, you, you uh, put in a rabbit cage to catch the skunk that's been coming underneath your house. We hired some professionals mm -hmm. to remove the skunk. <laughs> They've been working at it for 
four weeks now. And finally on, uh, I guess, Friday, they knocked on the door and said, well, we caught a rabbit. <laughs> and I said, well, if a rabbit's under the house, then, uh, you know, there's still some way that the skunk could get under there, too. Uh, let's, uh, let's keep at it until you're sure he's not there anymore. Yeah. Don't you love living in the country? Uh, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Well, I thought about trapping the skunk myself and then thought, what do you do with the skunk in a trap? Because you pick up the trap, he's going to let loose. At least I would assume he would. So I hired some professionals. So you'd end up having to take a bath in, what, tomato juice or whatever we used to have to. When when we would get sprayed when we were kids, my mama would fix something. Yeah. And uh, after you've been in the bathtub for about 30 minutes, the smell would go away. Uh, well, I'm worried with a dog that had the smell, and I forget what we rubbed him with, but it's something in the nature of a tomato juice or milk or something. Yeah. Well, you should have all of those recipes and everything already set up, I would think. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's called the Squire, inter- Squire inter- Bowman, I'm sure, could have... Uh, Given you all of those particular special things that you could take care of back then. Even if you didn't need it. Yeah, germ troll. Germ troll would bring any bug out of your body. Say that again. Germ troll. Would do it what? Would, bring if, you, any... if you if you were out in the in the woods and you had chiggers all of you uh-huh. and they got inside your skin, they'd drive you crazy. I know we That's all had to do that. We've all had chiggers. Yeah. And and you could put germ troll, mix, mix it with water in the bathtub, and the chiggers would just come flying out of your body. Chiggers don't fly. Well, I'm I'm talking about the speed area. <laughs> All right, chiggers don't have wings, but uh, the, the chigger is a red mite. Give me a break. <laughs> How in the world's Mitrev put up with you? <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, well, what else did you have on your mind this morning? I don't have anything on my... Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, my septic tank started messing up on me. And if, if you hear little gurgling sounds when you run your dishwasher and and clothes washer and all that water running through, it makes the pipes gurgle. So what I have had done is uh, Scott... Uh, uh, septic group came by this morning about five o'clock went out there they found out that my big trees the roots are have grown through my septic line so now I've got to have all of that cleaned out and go all the way around my trees that's fascinating Truman <laughs> well uh, you want to know what's on my mind I'm telling you yeah well yeah Clean minds are a good idea. Uh, actually, I'd put in a word for Scott's. I've used Scott's a number of times. Yeah, they were very nice this morning. But they sure like to get started early. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing because I was first on the list, which I was very happy because that things like that worry me. I don't like to have things sitting around well, that, you're gurgling, unless you take care of it. Your gurgling is a warning. If you don't do something when it starts gurgling, it starts regurgitating. And when you do one, it comes up in the other. So you got to it in time, it sounds like. Yeah, but 
your way of explaining it has, I'm glad we're not at the dinner table today. We almost are. Didn't you hear them setting the table over there? We are sitting in the middle of the dining area, and I tell you what, I wish that they were serving to everybody around here right now, because this is an absolute, it's like being in a, an extremely elaborate uh, restaurant somewhere. Things are, you know, speaking, I guess, for the rest of the area, things are becoming a little nearer to normal. Yes. Uh, some of the signs have come down. The procedures are still there. Where it used to be a request, now it's kind of a recommendation. It's more than a request. Uh, when we started here, you couldn't get in here without being properly suited up and uh, fill out the questionnaire. What do you mean suited up? I mean wearing a mask. Oh, okay. Well, we still do that. Yeah, but more now as a, I guess, a courtesy. I, I noticed the sign was, the mandatory sign was down this morning. So oh. things are moving in the right direction. Well, I wouldn't have worn my mask if I'd known that was that way. You probably wouldn't have. No. <laughs> I'll check on you next Monday. Well, I'm hoping we're going to demask for church coming up pretty soon. But, um, you know, Bud Mitchell, bless his heart, I, know, I don't know of hardly anybody who has more faith than Bud Mitchell. And he, he uh, is of the same opinion, only he's better, he, he's more thoughtful than I am. But he has, uh, uh, he, the church, their church has been open. And uh, they uh, don't have to wear a mask in the church. Mm -hmm. And he, he says, we have faith that God's going to be looking down on us and taking care of us. And I love that. Well, in the few minutes that are left, let me see if you can identify somebody. Uh, his name's Clark Byers, B-Y-A-R-S. He was an artist, a painter, a lot of painting uh, in Rutherford County. And uh, I think he did my house. His career ended as a painter. His career ended in Rutherford County. Uh, do you recall uh, what his style was or anything about uh, what he I painted? think he kind of swished from side to side when he was painting my house. He didn't do the up and down part. It was more more of a, Did a he side do? by side. Oil painting, wasn't it? Uh, actually, he had his own special mix of oils and pigments yeah, and such yeah. that he used. Uh, but uh, you must have had him painting your roof because he specialized in painting roofs. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what was the one that was caught everybody's attention? Uh, uh, Rock City uh, or... Sea. Sea Rock City or something like yeah, that? That's right. And most of the time he used only two paints, black and white. Mm -hmm. uh, and he did the last one that I remember was out on Manchester Pike before you got to the Big Springs over there on the left and uh, what happens of course is most of the old barns but uh, he went to work for a fellow down in Chattanooga mm -hmm. who had uh, come up with the idea of miniature golf 
and had built miniature golf courses all over the United States. And he used little gremlin-like figures as the decoration around there. When he retired, his wife had been spending his money on gardening and was uh, recognized nationally as a master gardener. Mm. And uh, he got the idea of making uh, his uh, home up on Lookout Mountain mm -hmm. a tourist attraction. And he put a bunch of the uh, little gnome-like statues that he had left over. Gnomes? Yeah. You know what a gnome is, don't you? I they, know what a gnome is, but I don't know what a gnome is. Well, spell it sometimes. <laughs> uh, but he used them around her gardens and set up and uh, uh, invited tourists and visitors, and nobody came. Oh. Nobody came. Well, he finally got the idea. He had to do a little more aggressive advertising, so he hired Clark to paint signs. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clark, I think, came up with the gimmick that he would go into a farm area where the, the barn roof was positioned well for one of the federal highways mm -hmm. and offer to do the roof for nothing. Uh, and most of the time they got, uh, you know, they, people were glad to let him repaint the roof. Mm -hmm. And he did mix a black pitch like that I'm sure did the roof some good, sealing mm -hmm. the roof. And... Uh, but his uh, employer didn't pay him by the hour, didn't have him on salary. He paid him by the roof. So buyers figured, I need to do these as fast as I can so I can do more roofs. So he hired a couple of kids, and they would go black the roof. Mm -hmm. And then buyers would come in and do the, the lettering. And he would have four or five going at once because he had to wait for the black to dry before he could do the white. Well, he was on a... Uh, eventually he started doing some billboards too but uh, he was working one out at Manchester Pike mm -hmm. and uh, was using a roller on an aluminum rod and this was not all that long ago 60s, 70s probably and he managed to hit the power line above the roof mm. And the description you see in the, in the paper, it knocked him, literally knocked him 25 feet off the roof mm -hmm. and he landed. And that ended his career because he was not able after that to get back on a roof and, and do the same work. Uh, it wasn't a sad story, though, because he uh, had some ideas about farming and uh, prospered as a farmer, uh, but stayed off the roofs after that. But he also... Uh, I guess, saw a possible advantage. He sued the power company, our own Middle Tennessee Electric Membership Corporation, mm -hmm. for negligence in the way they placed the line. And it came to uh, trial in Murfreesboro. And the witness on behalf of Middle Tennessee Electric was Jim Baker, who at the time was not the, he later was the head of the, the yeah. co-op. At the time, he was a senior officer, but not the head. He was called in as a witness. And he essentially said, uh, anybody who's out there working close to a power line with an aluminum pole is also negligent. And uh, interesting jury verdict. They ruled against the electric co-op and said it was negligent in the placement of the line too close, uh, the protection of the line. 
but it also said that Byers was negligent getting up there with an aluminum pole and not watching out for what he was doing. In Tennessee back then, I think it's still, there was what is called the, theory, the uh, principle of contributory negligence. Mm -hmm. So the jury said, okay, MTEMC is negligent, but Byers was also negligent. His negligence contributed as much to the accident as theirs. So it's a wash. Nobody gets anything. Byers, disappointed, appealed it on the grounds that the electric utility had engaged in gross negligence, mm -hmm. which would have outweighed the contributory negligence. The Supreme Court said no, not gross negligence, simple negligence. State Supreme Court? Yeah. Yeah. Simple negligence, and Byers changed his occupation. Now, how would you have fought that? If you had been on Byers' side, how would you have been able to let him be able to receive compensation for that? Today, I would have explained it was going to cost him more than he's likely to receive and that he should settle short of trial for anything he can get because it would be hard to get past using an aluminum pole right next to a power line. Uh, and we would have settled probably for roughly my fee, the amount of my fee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got you. That's why I didn't do personal injury yeah. litigation. <clears throat> when you guys go through law school, uh, do they teach you or, or present you the amount of compensation you as a an attorney representing someone, uh, is, is there a percentage? Like somebody sells a house and they maybe they get uh, a, a seller will get six percent of, of the total. The bar association in Tennessee uh, lost whether they were actually in the case or simply a, a, a similarly situated party an antitrust claim that went all the way to the Supreme Court because in Tennessee at least. There was a book, and the book was the prices to be charged by Tennessee attorneys for each different service, which it was. Mm -hmm. So there was no price competition among attorneys. And uh, finally, somebody got to the Supreme Court with that. The Supreme Court said, my God, that's obviously an antitrust violation, struck it down. So since then, this would have been back in the 70s, probably 1970s. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, uh, lawyers have learned how to uh, price on their own. And uh, it also led to all the, uh, there was also a ban on advertising. Uh, the attorneys through their bar association had banned advertising and all that got stricken. And now we enjoy, just before the Truman Show, lawyer advertising, particularly in the personal injury area. See, I don't understand that. Of course, I'm old school, and it, it bothers me to see an attorney. Of course, it's all strictly for the money advertising is. And, and, and oh, is that you, a you, service? Hey, let me. You can do it as as, as if you're doing something special uh, for the common good of the people. But of course, we all know that it, it's money, money, money. And, and and you, how many times have you seen attorneys sitting working with somebody as a client in front of them, 
which they are paying them for their time and effort. And, and they're talking on the phone with somebody else, a client, which they are, they're drawing money from that particular time that's well spent on the phone. Um, it, 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 so for some reason, the attorneys are the only ones that can get away with that. And True. I've always wondered about that. Is it because the attorneys, are, they're the ones that actually are able to um, create laws? It's almost like you're a congressman. Think about it. If you're a congressman, you you, you can. Scary. Uh, I hate to think about being a congressman. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Truman. <laughs> we're out of time. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up the show. We'll see you. Bye. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.